Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is John Hummison. I'm your host, as always, or joined with Pastor Nick. I decided not to do Pastor this week, so we're joined with Nick. Oh, thank you. Thank you for sitting down with us, Nick. <laughs> Nick, how do you feel today, Nick? Uh, Nick, this is... <laughs> so not only are you going to be like this, you're wearing a St. Louis Blues shirt. Forget and, you. There's a stronger... <laughs> and shout out to... I don't even know if he listens to the podcast. Who? Jason. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. So every time I reference the St. Louis Blues or the Cardinals, mm -hmm. I think he wants to stand up and walk out. He should. Remember the last time I did it? I was like, you know. You got, <laughs> you got hammered. That, that was the most responsive I've ever heard the congregation. Because we were talking about feel like comfortable enough with you now. What church was it? They were like just kind of resting on their good old days. And I, was doing, like, I thought we were doing Laodicea. Yeah. No, Laodicea wasn't. No, rest. that was it wasn't Philly. It was the one before. Was it Thyatira? It was Thyatira. Uh, but it was like they they kind of had passed their glory days. And I was like, yeah, like the St. Louis Cardinals or the St. Louis Blues. And like you don't even have a football team anymore. Like, how bad is this? That's not our fault. And the response. Incredible. Yeah. Like everybody else is like, oh, Revelation, yeah, study's going great. Let's talk about the St. Louis teams again. Like that's Let's been not. Let's not. There it is. That's a thorn in people's sides. It really is. So, so well, yeah, I got to sit here and look at this all. Welcome all to the breakdown. Podcast. Good. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Hey, sorry, not sorry. and so it's a little different this week because yeah, I is. didn't preach. And so we're going to grill you <laughs> on everything in Revelation. And so we're going to sit here and watch you squirm and try to answer. And Was it last week we talked about you being really good under pressure? And I said, and I'm not. So here we go. This is going to be awesome. No. So you you mentioned a little bit. We're just jumping right in. Is that cool? Yeah, let's Do jump right in. Do we have other things to talk about? I don't think so. Episode 13, we're jumping right in. I preached on Revelation chapter 5. Share on your favorite. Yeah, whatever. We'll do it. Yeah. Okay. No we'll worries. Do That's yeah, all okay. good. We'll, all right, continue. All right, continue. Jumping right in. Where were we? Feet no. <laughs> um, You said this, and I thought, you know, hey, I appreciated that. So obviously we... Uh, as staff, and I think just as a church as a whole, like we really want to lead in transparency. Yeah. And uh, you weren't too excited to preach Revelation. You weren't even that excited to get into Revelation, let alone preach Revelation. No, I, and I did probably more of it in second service. Yeah. Because um, I think that I listened to the the podcast of the sermon, which I pulled from second service. Okay, that's I what I was going to ask. Is that second? One. Okay. So. Oh, I thought so too. And yeah. all its heresy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so, yeah I, you, I, I was not looking. Up. I was not looking forward to it. So even just studying Revelation, which I knew, like you had kind of said, just like me to you, like, oh man, like, I've heard it preached zero times outside of this. I've studied it, yeah, zero times. Like so, <laughs> so a lot of this is just like, yeah. So there, wow. there was even part of the part of it at the beginning uh, when, and I said this where you know. I knew where you were going yeah. almost a year ago, you know, and how we were going to traverse, you know, the books of the Bible to get to Revelation. Um, and so in my mind, I was already going, I bet you this is where it's going to land. Um, and then when you're like, hey, we're going to do, we're going to do Jude. And I went, yep, that's, that's confirmation. Yeah. And so in my head, I just began to go, crap, we're going to do Revelation. And I like... <laughs> I'm so unqualified. So like there was really, there was a, a season and a time where Satan really manipulated that and used yeah. that. Um, Cause I knew for as challenging of a book revelation was going to be mm -hmm. um, with all my incorrect preconceived notions, but challenging nonetheless. 
um, and the, the length it was going to take us to get through Revelation, um, I knew there was a high percentage that at least one week I was going to have to preach. <laughs> and I was hoping... Actually, you're up for the next five weeks. There <laughs> no way. I can promise you right now. Oh. Um, and so it was, it, it's been a really fun, uh, and I say fun, that's not the right word. Uh, it's been a very unique uh, an interesting journey as we've navigated Revelation. Uh, and I, I said this uh, in second service, if you listen to the message, uh, when you did the introduction to Revelation the first week, yeah. and you said, oh, the book of Revelation is a book of hope and encouragement. Amen. Honestly, in my mind, I went, that's the most heretical thing I've ever heard a pastor <laughs> say. And that's saying a lot, because we've got certain guys yeah. that it's easy to pick apart. And I was just like, because Revelation to me was doom and gloom. Yep. It was mass murder. It was weird mm -hmm. animals and like beasts yeah. and things that don't make sense. And there was just all of this negativity around it and all of these opinions. And so I, I was not looking forward to um, to walking through Revelation as a church yeah. uh, for my own insecurities and failures, let alone mm. preach on it. And so it was a uh, it was a fun. <laughs> yet challenging and yeah. very rewarding um, yeah. time for me just as a, a, an apprentice of Jesus to walk through uh, Revelation and for the first time ever in my life feel uh, the weight of the reality of what Revelation as a book painted in the correct yeah. light viewed, like you said, two weeks ago through a, uh, a biblical worldview where we uh, we allow the Word of God and the character mm. of God to be the lens at which we view Scripture through. Yeah. Um, I have come to a place, and I'm continuing to come to a place where I'm understanding Revelation, yeah. not as a book of doom and gloom and something to be terrified of, but as a book that is full of hope, yep. a book that is full of joy, uh, and a book that ultimately, even just, and we saw a lot of it in verse 5, where it's like we we know the end of the story yeah but we're not living like we know the end of the yeah. story yeah. so and you know we're getting ready to pop into six which starts the seven seals um and so which that's, i was supposed to preach six. yeah that's what and, i was gonna say you were supposed mm -hmm. to but they're you know timing and some things worked out where it's like the actually, lord you, <laughs> intervened the lord knew no it's um and and when you think about it like a couple things as we're walking, you know, just to give it like a preview of uh, the next couple weeks, you know, uh, it's chapter chapter six, so it goes into the seven seals, yep. which that's when we're going to start getting a lot of the the poured out wrath of God mm -hmm. on earth. So now we go away from the throne room, yep. and now we're moving to earth yep. and understanding what's going on in the tribulation, and we we see God's wrath being poured out, and it's very ordered, mm -hmm. it's very designed, it's not. Um, chaos. Yeah. And it's weird to say that it's yeah. not going to be chaotic from, again, we're in the throne room looking down on heaven or I'm sorry, down on earth from heaven at that point. So it's not chaotic. It's very ordered. There's a system. There's a, and it, it sounds weird. There's a rhythm about it. Mm -hmm. And, and God keeps that rhythm through a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and, and the other thing that I'm excited about jumping into six, four, uh, six, because there we go. I was like, yeah, four, not like <laughs> they're six, gonna go four, find like, chapter six, six verse four, four and be like, wow, that's real specific. Yeah. yeah, into chapter six is the reason for um, with the seven seals, so many uh cults mm. have used that, yeah, 
I mean, used parts of Revelation, but have used specifically Specific, yeah. the seven seals. And the the main one that I always just think of off the top of my head is David Koresh with yep. the Branch Davidians down in Waco, Texas. And the crazy part is one of his followers, who is like a right-hand man, number two kind of guy, was a seminary-trained pastor. Mm. But because the manner in which he spoke and how, uh, and I would, you know, let, let's walk this a little bit with caution. As he was looking at the world around him and hearing David Koresh mm -hmm. preach on this, that's where he was aligning mm -hmm. that understanding of revelation. And that's why it's key, like what you just said, we're going to look at the character of God, mm -hmm. you know, and allow the word of God in a very normal, literal, grammatical yeah. hermeneutic to carry yeah. us. And so it's not we're trying to find, we're at a destination, we're trying to find the road. We're, we're just walking this out. And the destination right now is unknown, unless yeah. you've read yeah, the yeah. whole thing. Like, if we're approaching it like we've never read it, all right, where is this leading us? And we're going to hold to those guardrails, and it's going to take us, I think, where the Lord wants yeah. us to be. And so to try to, again, correctly teach it and to you know, I probably won't spend a whole lot of time on a Sunday pointing out where other cults of Christianity have used it, but just to preface, like, it's but the breakdown, there. it will probably come up. <laughs> it might be a little bit more there, but it's such a when you think of all of Revelation, it is the seals that yeah. you go to, and even and even within, um, I would say orthodox teaching of the book of Revelation, there's still so many just spider yeah. webs of what that can be, and so it's. Um, I think the thing that we need to keep in mind, because we're getting ready to hit a lot of that craziness yeah. and the things that are going to be poured out. We got a little bit close on Sunday with the seven horns and the seven eyes. Yes. So like we're, we're, <laughs> the, we're, the we're, service <laughs> level is about to get yeah, nuts. Yeah. And it's good that like within the literal, we're showing that that symbolism has reality, like a meaning within reality. Yeah. So, okay. So he looks at a, and I loved how you did that. He looked and he's expecting a line, but it's a lamb. Mm. And it's crucified, and it has seven horns and seven eyes. And it's like, was that literal? Was it not? And it was like, no, it, it was a symbolism of the fullness of, mm -hmm. you know, the wisdom yep. and and power and authority. And and it's like that is key. And then you see the seven spirits, um, and that's the fullness of the Holy Spirit, yeah. where those are never separated. God and yeah. Jesus and His Spirit, they're always together in that. And so we're 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 a little pinky toe into the weirdness a little bit. But once you understand that, that's the beautiful thing about symbolism is it gives a deeper, more poetic mm -hmm. understanding. Yeah. You know, so like you can walk up to your wife and say, honey, I love you. And there's going to be a certain level of appreciation. Mm -hmm. But if you write and you talk about how you get lost in her eyes and her da da da, like some song that you're going to strum three country chords to, and you know, you're going to be a little more poetic Maybe at it. Maybe let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the singing you're ever going to get on the breakdown. Uh, you know, but when you, when you approach that in a more poetic way, um, it, it, it brings about a deeper emotion. Yeah. And that's, I think, a part of how John was writing was not just intellectual, let me just tell you how it was straightforward, but wrote in a way that we, there needs to be a response yeah. that's going to happen within us that we see and understand what's going on. And so just to say, oh yeah, there's Jesus, he's full of wisdom and authority. No, no, no. Like there's, awesome. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and it points, you know, to, to, again, keep talking about how, like, Jesus is the lamb. Mm -hmm. goes back to Old Testament. 
you know, it gives a, a deeper understanding. So then when you tie the lamb of God back to, you know, Exodus and the Passover yeah. lamb, like there's just such richness there that we have to be somewhat symbolic yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, So. And it's cool, like, because, and, and we've talked about this before, I think you mentioned it last week, or maybe you and I talked about it, I don't know. Yeah. We talked about it at some point, but not just looking at Revelation only yes like we see in the old testament we see in other places in the new testament like if we don't if we're just looking at revelation almost in a bible college like if we're taking a revelation class really you're gonna really dive into revelation yeah but it's like to to see and understand and get the fullness uh to understand what eyes represented and what Mm -hmm. horns or what other things represented as we navigate, you know, in six, we're going to do the seals, you know, to understand those, to have the context of that Mm -hmm. without having the rest of scripture, you you don't have the full context of what's going on. Yeah. And you don't have the full understanding. Yeah. Which I think is where this, uh, this breach of um, where we get these cults and where it really dives in. It's like, I mean, I can easily take that out of context and make something out of it. Mm-hmm. But if you put that into context, it's really hard yeah. to manipulate it into anything else. And that's what I loved about, you know, there was a little bit of in four that I kind of was touching on, but it was more in five with with a lot of the songs mm-hmm. and the worship and the, you know, let's call them hymns or mm-hmm. psalms or whatever we want to. And there was, I mean, even the whole book of psalms was written um, and, and it was compiled by multiple authors. Obviously we know David was a top one and, and I think it was, is it Ezra? If I'm just top of, uh, just right off the top of my head. So I might be wrong, but I know Ezra played a key part in compiling Psalm. the Psalms. I believe it was Ezra and, and they were, they were compiled and, and put together and there's actually different books of the Psalms, um, and so there's like book one, book two, and mm-hmm. then there's five. And a lot of people correlate them to the first five books of the Old Testament. Pentateuch. Yeah, the Pentateuch. There you go. So there's a correlation there, which is kind of cool. I went to Bible college. <laughs> oh, there you go. You got this. You got this. First five books. You know, um, and then, but they were compiled for the nation of Israel when they were in captivity mm-hmm. because they were written to, to, as they would sit in their captivity, wherever they were at and, and read these psalms it would take them back to being in the temple Mm -hmm. that's what the goal of it was for and so i loved even in john's writing that he's not just saying oh hey they were all worshiping but let me tell you what they were like because that just like you hear a song and it takes you back to a place yeah that's the same thing so like when we sing a song and we talk about jesus who was and is and is to come like that should take us to the throne Mm -hmm. room you know, not to the book of Revelation. It should take us to the throne room. And there's keys uh, for that. And so he's, I, I, I like that, um, not emotionalism, but more, hey, I want you to experience mm-hmm. this. Um, and then the other kind of correlation, too, as we're talking about Old and New Testament and how it's kind of tying back and giving a greater understanding is as we walk into the seven seals and the trumpets and the bowls, um, you know, there there was a, a on a smaller scale a type of this that when we preach through that, there's no issues. Mm-hmm. But we go through Revelation, everybody loses their ever loving mind. You know, but when we talk about Israel in Egypt mm. and how there was the ten plagues, mm-hmm. and now again 
three of them, Israel and Egypt, endured. Yeah. But then the last seven, only Israel endured, or I'm sorry, only like, Egypt, only Egypt endured. My Bible is very different. Yeah, than <laughs> Unless it was the 10th one with the, you know, the blood you had, it, it would have affected anybody that didn't apply mm-hmm. the blood to the doorpost. But um, you see, and, and the attack isn't Moses versus Pharaoh. It's not Egypt versus Israel, really. Mm. This is God, Yahweh, who is, Israel is his chosen mm-hmm. people. He is on at war with the spiritual forces that are controlling Egypt. And so even when you look at the plagues, there is, in Exodus, they were very specific attacking the different gods of Egypt. Mm -hmm. And so it's, yes, it is Pharaoh, but it's almost like, um, what do they call that, A, a, a proxy war? Mm -hmm. Right. So like, we have like two small nations, let it be, you know, North Korea, South Korea or Vietnam or something like that. Really, those are just proxy wars for like China, Russia versus Western America and stuff like that. Like, yeah, we're we're fighting it out, but we're supporting each side. It's a proxy war. It's almost the same way that God is declaring war upon Mm. Egypt and he's pulling his people out. Well, that was just in a very uh, selected, minute, smaller version where now the tribulation is in all of it, yeah, and it will include all of humanity. But we had no issues when we walked through the ten plagues with Egypt. Of course not. But then, when we think about all of humanity, then that's when we start to question the character of God and different things like that. Because we question everything when we slap Revelation on it. I just got a text from my daughter. I normally don't answer texts, <laughs> but when my daughter calls, I'm going to dye my hair if you are okay with that. <laughs> well, since I don't have any, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I wanted to make sure everything was fine because yeah. I thought maybe for a second it was Ashley calling because she knows yeah. that we're probably recording. Like, is this her chance trying to get on the podcast no. again? <laughs> <laughs> like, we do not take any call-ins whatsoever. So, anyway, uh, apologies for that. But hey, there you go, Real senior life, pastor, family first and stuff. Um, so, I'm excited about walking through the seals in that. And I, and again, those are key things that we're walking up through. Is you know, the church is already in the throne room. So we have a, a pre-trib rapture. Um, we see the character of God, even just through the worship of him from the four living creatures, the 24 elders, just the mere, how you said it, the myriad of myriads, the thousands of thousands of angels. Of like, yeah, when you it, just yeah. think of all of that, it's like we have to have that solidified because if we look at what is going to happen on earth through the lens of the purity, the holiness, the righteousness of God, it will help make sense a lot. Yeah. And so, and, and and again, I know we're kind of preemptively talking about next week, um, but... You've never read Revelation. Yeah. You'll understand why yeah, when we totally, get to next week. Totally. Because it's about to get crazy. Because, you know, what you finished for us in the throne room, what's important about that is we have to understand authority. And we don't understand and we, authority we honestly well don't, context. you know, and someone who is his past and, and sadly... Um, on this side of glory, I uh, thought that they were a very spiritually mature, very intelligent. Um, but it was after that they passed that a lot of allegations mm-hmm. that yep. came out to be true yep. about this person's private life um, has really smeared the legacy of ministry uh, that they had. And so you know who I'm talking about, mm-hmm. and it's just a sad thing to see. Um, but that person, I think, had one of the best understandings of 
not just why is sin so bad, but why, why did the cross need to be that bad mm. type of a thing? And he was talking about authority, and, and I like the analogy that he gave. He goes, if you, if you walk over to me and slap me right now, I might slap you back. Yeah. Very, very, I mean, very little. Um, you, you walk up to a police officer and you slap the police officer. The, what is required of you because you did that, <laughs> you know, uh, you're, you're probably at least going to get arrested. Yeah. You can't do that's that. Assault. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's assault. Yeah. That's assault. That's assault, brother. You slap the governor. That's a felony. Yeah. Now try to slap the president. You'll never see daylight. <laughs> Facts. You know, if you try to attack the president. I'm impressed if you can even get close enough to make uh, contact. Oh, yeah, even, absolutely. You know. But and but why does the punishment go up? Because the authorities. Because the authority went up. Yeah. And so when we are about to read Revelation 6 and look at the seven seals and we're like, why did it have to be that? You have to take us back to four and five and understand the authority, the power, the holiness, the righteousness mm -hmm. of God. And when we have, and so instead of looking at the the punishment first to see does that match the authority, yeah. we started with authority. We started in the throne room. We started with the righteousness of God, his holiness, his character. And so anything less that we would read following wouldn't make sense. Mm. And it's not on those that have accepted him. It's on those that have rejected yeah. him. That's and those are always key things to look at. And so I think uh, I think you finished well in five to really set that bar and show us um, that level of authority, that level of of who God is and His character. That all of worship is upon Him. Because you know, honestly, there is a degree. Because some of the things in the seals, even going back to the Ten Commandments, why why was it poured out on creation? Mm -hmm. Like what did what did the crops do? Yeah. What did you know the mountains and the waters do? And it's like, but we have to understand that even the world is under the curse of sin. Mm. And even I think it's like Romans eight, even the even the earth groans mm -hmm. wanting release yeah. from sin or whatever. And so um it's gonna sound funny. The wrath of God being poured out on sin and the cause of sin and those who bring sin into the world, that is a comfort for the earth mm. because that's the the refining is the thing that is causing the groaning of the earth is being punished mm -hmm. and taken out of and like that is a yeah. good thing you know mm. so it's it's kind of crazy to think of it that yeah. way but i think we can frame it well where again i think what four and five did keep us in the throne room understand the character of god his holiness his righteousness now when we look from then the throne rainbow emeralds carnelian all that craziness creatures worshiping and then we look through that lens at the world and what's going to happen soon it would almost make us think that wasn't enough mm. that when we understand the holiness of god and we understand the punishment and the wrath of god that's going to be poured out on the earth there's almost a level of grace and mercy even within that even punishment. within the fullness of the wrath of god there's still almost a mercy within it because the does because of the character of God it's being a so weird hard thought. Yeah. Isn't that weird? And then what we'll see in seven is even uh specifically to the people that are left in the tribulation mm -hmm. that are gonna endure it, there's there's a great amount of mercy. And I think we talked about that yeah. a little bit. Like the greatest revival that we're ever gonna see is gonna happen in the tribulation. And so to look at what's going on in the tribulation and think God has no mercy and it's like then explain the revival that we're gonna see in chapter seven. Mm.
So it's like that's framing revelation better than it is a book of hope. And, and when we think in an eternal perspective of somebody's life, yeah, let them endure two, three, four, six years of the tribulation, if that means for eternity, they are with Christ. Yeah. Hmm. So I have a second thought. All right. But you're thinking. You're, no, no, I'm, I'm just trying you're to processing. process through. He didn't know where we were going. See, this was this was flipped the other is this way. This is how you feel all the this time. Is, this, this is, is how awful. I feel. You just walk around and this is it right here. So All right, what's your second thought? Second thought. Because now, now I'm interested. This this was brought up. Uh, you said at second service, oh which is the only one I listened to, and we talked about it in the college life group, which was cool. Oh boy! Okay. So um, you were talking about worship. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know. you knew where you're going. I might you know. have stepped on some toes. I don't know. You didn't step care. on toes because um, uh, you only step on toes if they're in places they shouldn't be. Right? You only step on toes <laughs> if they're true. in places they shouldn't be. If toes aren't there, then they won't get stepped on. Um, so and for those that haven't listened, yeah. give some Do you context. Wanna, you, you give us some context there, Pastor. You're the one that brought the good word. You're the one that said so it. So I, that's actually the, that's the only service I did it in. Is it really? I did. That, that happens to me all the time. So I did, um, and, and I'll here's the, the preemptive preface. And um, I love when it happens because life groups will be meeting and they all attend different services. And they're like, mine. yeah, because one yeah. of the questions we ask in life group is what stood out to you in the sermon. I loved when he said this. And I mean, they're almost getting fist fights. He didn't say that mine. <laughs> what did you? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> what kind of Kmart sermon so, are you listening to? So, so right, I, um, this is something I talked with uh, Andy, our worship pastor about. Yeah. Uh, and I prayed Previous, previous worship, worship pastor. pastor that Moment of silence. Okay, okay that's we're <laughs> um, You're good. You talked uh, to Andy. I talked to Andy. Spent a lot of time praying about it because it was something that, as I was reading through, you know, as you come to half of of five, it is is specific to worship. Yeah, very and it's much like so. okay, without reading too much into it, but also giving you know its validity. Um, so I said, uh, and this was the prayerful thing, like Lord, I want this if I. If I am to say this, I want it to come from a place not of condemnation, but of challenge. Yeah. And I want it to be something that is not me on a soapbox or me being angry, True. but really calling people to say, do you realize this is what you're doing? Yeah. Um, because I have done it. Yeah. Let me be very clear. Because I have done it. And so I said... Because um, most things, when we get called out, we need it because we don't see it in ourselves. It's a blind spot. If we wait until we see it in ourselves, it's already too, too, late. too late. Yeah. And it's a it's a, a blessing from the church when you have faithful leaders that will see a thing and call it out. Yep. Step instead of it. just allowing you to continue in sin. Sin, ignorance. Yep. So like, oh, I, and we think it's perfectly fine. You yep. know, it's kinda like when you're trying to, you know, remember like in middle school and you're trying to hit on a girl, but you had something in your teeth. And nobody told you. Yeah, but all your friends knew, yep. and it's like, we, Thanks, guys. we love you enough to let you know you got a bat in the cave, and it's hanging, and you need to take, take care, care of it. Take care before you yes, talk to exactly. that pretty girl. Okay, so. So. Um, so I said something to the effect, because um, in 4.11, we see that first song of worship and the song of creation. Every song starts with Worthy Is. Ooh. Yeah. Worthy is. So we have three songs that start Worthy is, and it's the song of creation, the song of redemption, and then when all of creation joins in to finish exactly who is worthy. Listen and, to you over here. And, and Let's I, go. I said um, something, I don't remember word for word, but I was talking about the whole premise of four and five 
is who is worthy to sit on the throne, mm-hmm. who is worthy to sit on the throne and then break open the seals to yeah. now to reveal what is about to come forth. Yep. Because we see in five that five, the scroll is the will of God. It's his, his final settlement of yep. affairs. And yep. so only he is worthy. And so the songs of worship place him in that position of power and authority. We see that over and over again. And so I said, um, all too often, we place our preference of worship Ooh. over worshiping the one who is worthy. Oh, yeah. That was hard enough. And then I took it to the next And then Homeless Life said, that's not enough. Let's get some salt in and this room. And I picked out some, not people. No. But specific things in my tenure in ministry. Yeah, and this is not just a Calvary this thing. This is not a Calvary you thing. You probably roll up into any church. And I've heard this from churches I've served at, churches I've attended at, churches that I've never visited, but friends who pastor. They even have different forms of worship and styles of worship than even we would do. Yeah. So it's not even specific to a style of worship, but... So, I said, uh, so then I went on and said, because what I've heard is some say... I can't worship because it's too bright in the room yeah. or it's not bright enough or yeah. it's too hot in the room or it's not hot enough. And I went through quite oh, yeah. a few of those. Um, and really for for our church, for, for our body, I really called them to a place um, that the Lord had to call me in my preparation and my message to, uh, I am a more expressive worshiper. Yeah. I am more of a contemporary mm-hmm. worshiper. Yep. That is my preference. Yep. Um, and I have very wrongly said, um, I can't worship to that type of mm-hmm. music or that song of music. Yeah. And the Lord very graciously humbled me. <laughs> graciously, well, graciously humbled me with, with two thoughts. Yeah. Uh, worship is not the time when the band is on the stage. Get it. It's an overflow of your heart. Let's go. We should be worshiping from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed. Mm. Um, and... Uh, my preference and style of worship um, may go against somebody else's preference, but both of those preferences bring honor and glory to the Lord. Yeah. So for me or for someone else to say that that is an unholy way to do worship and to go to that extent yep. is incredibly wrong yeah. and hurtful to the church. Now, there there is certain parameters. Like, you can't say, oh, I'm going to worship the Lord by sleeping with prostitutes. <laughs> Jeez, Lord. <laughs> Sorry, was that too far? So it was so, like zero to ten. Like zero to ten. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love when this happens to Jeron. He has no idea what's gonna about to come out. So there is certain things that you can't just do whatever you want to do and call it worship. So there is paradigm, but this is this is within those guardrails. If we are looking at the character of God, yeah, and we are reading mm-hmm. the authority of Scripture in context. Um, we see what worship is and what yeah. worship isn't. Yeah. And a lot of what our um, our evangelical new, and I'm going to say this in air, qu- air, air quotes, New Testament church mm-hmm. is, um, is not what I would call worship. Um, and so I challenge our church um, not in a condemning uh, way or yeah. from a place of, of condemnation, but from a place that I had been incredibly challenged in uh, to see that... Um, the reason that we get to say that the Lord is worthy um, is not uh, because our, our preferences and our styles are matched to what we want, um, mm-hmm. because our situations and our circumstances are what we want. Um, we worship because he is the definition Yeah, that's so good. of what's worthy. So I brought it up in life group. 
now I'm interested in what. And yeah, I got, and I got the young cats. Yeah, yeah. Right? we got the college age, which is awesome. We love it. You got the we the yeah. youngins. I I think all of, any two of them are the same age as me alone. So that's always fun. Like I'm twice your age. I'm so old. But what was interesting? So I brought that. Like that. That's one of the questions. Hey, what did what was said? And since you preach, what did Jaron say that really stood out to us? And the topic got shifted to when you were discussing the idea of preference and mm-hmm. every one of them. Oh, loved that. That was so needed. Da, 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 da. And I let him go. I just let him go. You know what <laughs> I mean? Keep digging your grave, yeah, guys. Just keep keep going. digging. And then I said, okay. I said, all right, we, we feel like we've we've really exhausted that. I said, let me let me challenge you with a thought. Do you think that only because your preference of worship is what we do at Calvary? <laughs> Could it, would you say the same thing as if you went to a small little church that only did hymns with a piano and an organ? Would you still say, Ooh. yeah, preferences and da, 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 Do we only say that? So, so we have that yeah, conversation yeah. and that was really good. And we really did get to the heart of like, what is really needed for worship to yeah. be worship? And even like you said, it's not just the musical component, but let's just talk the musical component yeah. of worship on a Sunday morning, you know, like what, what is needed for worship to be worship. And it was really neat to hear that, um, from some young people really challenge and process. Yeah. Right. And, and then, uh, my wife found this, I don't know where, you know, the lovely, life of memes and Facebook and social media and stuff like that. And so she shared this and she was like, oh, this is so fitting to what we talked about. And so don't know where this is from, who said it. So if this is your quote, thank you for it. If we only engage in worship when it's our style of worship, it's worshiping worship and not Jesus. I think she got that from my wife because my wife posted that post on Instagram because she she like in tears came and said I need to read this to yeah. you because it's everything you said this morning and so it's it's a one of those carousels you know mm. when you keep sliding so and it's more. the it's like what's the, I think the the whole context what's the difference between worshiping worship and worshiping God yeah and it went through and it was it was six or seven of those things laid out and I was like oh man yeah. Because some of the greatest worship that you will ever experience, let's go through a couple scenarios. Sit with, uh, sit with a wife when she's losing her husband. Mm-hmm. Sit with a parent as they're losing a kid. Yeah. Sit with, uh, sit with a young lady uh, or a young couple that would want nothing more than to hear you're pregnant and they can't. And they still trust the Lord. And that, that that's and, worship. And that was not, and I brought that up. Like yeah. that, that was not our story when, when in between our first pregnancy and having in between Leighton and Blakely, we had a miscarriage in between yeah. there. Worst thing I've ever experienced yeah. in my life. And it's like, I remember that day. Oh my gosh. It, it was rough. But some of, I've had some of those moments in my own personal life and mm-hmm. even in my life as, uh, you know, as a youth pastor whatever as a pastor um i'll never that this one is burned in my memory so i was in student ministry um i had a friend uh who was a youth pastor over in the waynesville area Uh and so um i'm fresh in college fresh in college super green so in every way (laughs) Uh, lime green would probably be the color um and so 
he was a little bit older than me, highly respected him. They were having a, like a lock-in retreat thing. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, would you come down and speak for it? I was like, dude, I'd love to. Um, came down, spoke at it, had a blast, built a relationship with one of the football players um, on the on the team there in Waynesville. Uh, and went back and forth a couple times, and every time I'd go, I'd see him. Uh, I remember vividly getting a phone call on a Wednesday afternoon before youth, um, like a year and a half, two years later, and him, like I can tell he's either been crying or currently crying. Yeah. And he said that this student tried to commit suicide last night. But he failed. So he's laying in the hospital on life support. And he said, and like, dude, he called me and said, mom and dad want you here. Mm. Like whatever we have to do to get you here, get in the car. Like, and I said, okay. So I dropped everything, got in the car and drove down and spent the next two days sitting in a hospital bed, singing worship, praying worship. Like you talk about experiencing every motion and experiencing and worshiping when everything looked really bad and not going like, Oh, we're going to worship because they like, he's alive and they pulled the tubes out. Like, no, no, he, they took him off the vent and I was there when mom climbed in bed. Like it was the most gut wrenching thing as she cried and just saying, Jesus loves me. Yeah. And it's just like, I'll take that. Mm -hmm. Not that I ever want to walk that again. I'll take that over any big hype, yeah. perfectly produced, choreographed, production-oriented... Any day of the week. ...worship yep. any day of the week. Honduras, the first mission trip I went on as a youth pastor taking students, and we go to church service that Sunday. Which I bet was awesome. It was... Having never <laughs> been to... you, I've been to Honduras, yeah. but you just know it. it yeah, was, it was that... So it's this small little church. They uh, they didn't have windows. They just had holes in the wall because <laughs> he didn't have glass. It was too hot. So it's a window. Just yeah, it, it's a glassless it, it, window. Glassless window. <laughs> they had they had metal barcading it up like on a hinge, and then they just open that up. So like it was just open air, which was super nice. Way at least the time that we were there in Honduras that season. So uh, and then the church, the main. Uh, people that came to that church were the same families that lived and worked in the city dump. Mm. So we're talking like the for a third world country, the lowest of low. the lowest of low. You know, so even if you're like your second middle class of Honduras, you still live pretty poor. Yeah. We're talking about those that they're they're the three things that they try to find in the dump. Number one is food. Mm-hmm. And how many little kids have died because there was something in a bottle and they drink it thinking it was because yeah. it was a Pepsi bottle or something like that. Or uh, we heard stories of trash trucks r- running over uh, kids over because they just they just don't care yeah. and they don't see them as people. So they just back up, dump trash and the people are there just to dig through it. So they're looking for something to eat. They're looking for something to build a house. A shelter. Yeah. And then they're collecting um plastic and cardboard to recycle to make money okay but they work 14 hours a day six days a week and the first four or five hours of every day the gang that controls the dump keeps that that's how you pay off the gang to work there and the gang can live in your home and uh, they can take whatever that they want but that's and there's no empty threats i mean there was multiple men that didn't have limbs because the gang just chopped it straight off because you didn't pay or he tried to steal or something like that, right? So those people, 
dressed to the best that they had, walk into church and we're singing worship. And that was hard enough. I'm sitting there and we're, we're trying to sing Amazing Grace in Spanish and I can hear the melody and obviously I don't know the words, but there was multiple songs I recognized and I'm hearing the words in English and I'm hearing them sing it in Spanish. And it was just like, like you said, like the sound system was not great. The, <laughs> the musician ability, like it, it was, the window of acceptability was very large, right? Um, but it was some of the greatest worship. And then we get to the tithes and offerings. Oh, they bring up two people and they just stand at the front of the church with a basket. And they said, if you want to give unto the Lord, just come on up and just lay whatever you have and put it in the basket. I bet you in a single person that didn't move. Everybody got up Yep, and brought something. Now, the crazy part is this. Like there was one family, they just brought like a little bag of beans. One family brought like a little thing of rice because that's all they had to give. And so it, it wasn't just money. They didn't have money, but they gave. And then, and then it's like, well, what do you do with that? And it's like they're turning around and saying, oh, the one that gave beans, you, you don't have rice, so here's some rice. The one that gave rice, you don't have beans, here's some beans. Good grief. Oh, you don't have this, here's that. And so they so lo- the church would be in the church. The church would be in the church or whatever. And I'm just sitting here, and I'm just like, and so every kid brought spending money. Like, I guarantee you, each kid brought more spending money than what these families made in a month, right? Because we knew that we were going to have one day of, like, mm-hmm. touristy stuff. Yeah. And, and we're buying machetes and different things because we thought it was cool. And I, 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 shoes were super cheap. Clothes yep. were super cheap. We're all buying soccer jerseys, stuff like that. And, <laughs> and I knew what was coming, right? And so when we were getting ready for church that morning, we talked about tithes and offerings. And I said, if one of you don't go up and give something, I will punch you in the mouth. <laughs> I literally Under said that. threat of death. Yeah. I said, honestly, you guys need to be from, from this moment right now uh, until that moment, be praying and allow the Lord to lead and guide yeah. you. And, and when you saw all the Hondurans come forward and just give of the little, like, then you saw machete money jersey money shoe money just getting dropped in there and it was just like that worship service will always stick with oh yeah you know not not because of um how like you said the production how great it was the the authenticity of Mm. it and it and it wasn't just in the music but in in the lives lived out so like when they're praying and you hear when they were translated some of the prayers, it was just like, you're not praying for a new job. They knew they're never going to get out of the dump. Like, this is their life. This yeah. was it. You know, they're praying for joy and contentment. They're praying for peace with, you know, they're, they're praying for their kids. And I'm just like, and I'm a loser. You know, resigning effective immediately (laughs) when I get home. So, like, what, and so every time I hear somebody want to have the preference conversation, it's like, first you need to go to Honduras, experience that worship, and then come back and let's have the preference talk. Or for like you, I yep. want you to go. I want you to lay in that bed next to that mom losing her son, um, sing that song of worship and with her, and then come back and we'll, we'll have a talk about preference. Yeah. Now, now, just like our preaching, like we want to preach well, we want to articulate well. Like there, there is a certain preference because like that's where we talk about we can't be a church for everyone. Yeah. Well, we can be a church for anyone. And mm-hmm. the difference is to be a church for everyone. Well, what about the person that wants hymns? What about the person? I, I have a couple of friends. They would love to have heavy metal Christian music mm-hmm. as worship. 
that is that's what they love and it you know like you'd never play that in a church yeah. at least I, we found a couple of churches that do but anyway you know like you you have all these different preferences and so how does the church fulfill everybody's preference it doesn't that's why it can't be a church for everyone so even when churches say that oh we just want to be a church for everyone you're setting yourself up for failure. Now, you can be a church for anyone, saying this is who we are. We're Calvary Chapel, Lake of the Ozark. This is our style, right? And if you want to be a part of who we are and what God is doing in and through us, we'd love to have you. But this is our style. Yeah. And go back to the very deep theological movie, uh, Cool Runnings, mm, right? Jamaican Bob Great Bob's movie. You know, like, what's, the, what's that truth? He's like, we can't be the Swiss. If we're going to bobsled, he goes, I... I speak Jamaican, I act Jamaican, I am Jamaican. Like, I better bobsled Jamaican. Jamaican. Yes. It's <laughs> I'm going to go home and watch that. Song. There you go. Feel the rhythm. Feel the rhyme. Get up now. It's bobsled time. Sanka, kiss the egg. <laughs> <laughs> you want to kiss my lucky egg? <laughs> and so that's, you know, so we, we, we can't be a church for everyone, but we can be a church for anyone that, hey, this is how, how we are going to do church. Yeah. And, and I challenge people, if you'll lay down your preference, either if it's being fulfilled or not, because mm-hmm. I'm not only speaking to the ones that don't have the preference that's happening. I'm, I'm 100% across the board speaking to everyone. If we will lay down our preference for where God is moving and working and growing people in their faith, I really do believe uh, Calvary is a great church to be a part of. And you got to be okay with not just preference of worship, but even preference of ministries. Yeah. So many people want me to have like Sunday school classes. <laughs> we don't even have room for it, so right. that's the easiest thing. First, can you give to a building so we can yeah. have classrooms? <laughs> then we'll go do a Sunday well, school classroom. Let, yeah, and and even if we could have Sunday, is that our style? You know, some people wish we had a Wednesday night service, and it's like, you know, we can't because we don't have the room yeah. because the students get the building on Wednesday night. But even if we could, is that our style? I don't know. Just because I don't have to worry about it. Yeah, yeah. we never had to face it yet. But but right now, this is our style. This is who we are. This is the for now of who we are in ministry. And, and everybody has to kind of ask themselves, am I within the scope of, yeah, you know, the word is being preached. There is a true focus on God, not on anything lesser, even those can be good things. Yeah. We're not worshiping worship. We're not worshiping ministries. We're worshiping Jesus. Yeah. And so to understand preference in those uh, s- uh, spheres, those scopes, those contexts, like that changes how you view worship. And now, now as we've only been talking about really the musical preference and style, now apply that to everything. Mm. And we got to be okay with that because how I would do something and my philosophy of ministry and, and how I would strategically do something is going to be different than other people. Yeah. And we got to be okay with that, you know, but, Oh, can you tell that, that, uh, that church, you know what they do. And now again, there's within the yeah. boundaries, you can't go after prostitutes and say it's ministry. Sorry. I don't know why I'm on that kick. I, Someone, someone's going to like check out and listen it. to me. I know it. They're going to hear all this. And so there's, there's the, there is guardrails to it, but we got to be okay where um, we, we were out of town. That's mm-hmm. why you were preaching. Yep. And we went to another church. And they did stylistically totally different. Yeah. They, they were not a verse by verse, no. chapter by chapter. Which, book by when you book. called me and asked me how the day was, and you 
you told me what they were doing. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't know how this is going to go. And mm-hmm. you're like, it was actually, it was good. It was we, actually- the family jumped back in the minivan and we all looked at each other and said, I could never get away with that on a Sunday morning. <laughs> so which only made me think of, Let's and I want to do it. Yeah, I, I want to do it. Like, don't tell me I can't do that when it's not nothing. It's not something that's against the Lord. It's just a style thing. And it's like, you know, I watch. Which is great because we did that on Sunday because you were gone. Yes. Like we cut a song of worship yep. on the front side. We don't normally close the service with yeah. worship. And it was like, I mean, I had told you, I didn't ask. I just said, hey, this is what we're doing. Yeah. But we got to do that. Yep. And I think just that um, forcing, because mm. uh, I talked a little bit about in the message, like forcing perspective or changing um, where it's like, hey, we get in such rhythms, especially as Westerners. Yeah. Like we like We like rhythms. We like structure and when you start monkeying with the rhythm or the structure people lose their ever loving oh, mind. Yeah, and, for and, sure. and for me it's it's that it's that pressure point of like that's a preference. Yep. yep. Like you're so stuck on that that's not how we've always done it or we mm-hmm. haven't done it. Like that's a pref that's yeah. how you know when it's yeah. a preference thing. And for me in the Calvary Chapel movement, so when uh so back up when we were out of town, we went to a Velocity Church in Lawrence, mm-hmm. Kansas. My uh aunt and uncle go there. We were able to spend a little bit of family time. Yep. Uh and it was a great experience. Different style for yep. us for sure. But they were in a sermon series, Church at the Movies, mm-hmm. and their pastoral staff was actually out. And so after worship, live worship, um, they, the pastor comes on on a screen recorded mm-hmm. and he talks for like three, five minutes and explains what we're doing and da, da, da. And then it goes to a scene of a movie and guess which movie? The Jesus revolution Great about, movie. about the Calvary Chapel movement and the startings of it all and the revival of the Jesus movement. And so, uh, so they show a scene and then he talks for another five minutes, a scene, and it goes back and forth like that through all of service. And so, and it's at the movies, like they gave away free popcorn, free pop, free candy. Like we're sitting there like it is the movies yeah. and it was awesome. And, but they were going through this and I leaned over to my aunt and I said, Oh, this movie's about the Calvary Chapel movement or Calvary Chapel. Well, what's so funny when you talk about preference though, especially within the movement. And again, I love our family as Calvary Chapel, yep. but also like any good family, I get frustrated <laughs> with my family and it's like, <laughs> I want to slap them. And you get around some of these old Calvary Chapel dudes and they get that way. Oh, it's not how we've always done. It. It's not how Chuck did it. And, da, da, da. and it's like stinking Chuck broke rules to get you into the, the church. Here is yes. Chuck broke rules. Like if Chuck would have listened to the church saying you can't do that, the Calvary Chapel movement wouldn't have been a movement. You wouldn't be saved right now. True. So lay down your preferences <laughs> because somebody else did so that you could come to the Lord. Yeah. Like, Get over yourself for a yeah. second here. Like it, it's so crazy that they want to hold fast to preferences and oh, we can't break those. And it's like, but somebody did for you. Yeah. And, and if you want this Calvary Chapel movement to die at at the one generation, then just keep doing what you're doing yeah. because it's not gonna like and they, but in the same breath they all say, Oh, we're just praying for another Jesus movement. It's like, you know what Chuck had to do? Like and so everybody off. Yes, he was ticking everybody off. People left his church because of it. And and I love the scene. He's like, there's the door and anyone is welcome here. And if you don't like that, that door works both ways. My favorite line. in the And movie. people get up and they walk out. And and so for me, the scene where uh, they were complaining, oh, the hippies are dirty. Yep. They're going to get our carpet, our and new shag washing. carpet. Yep. I'm like, number one, who puts a shag carpet in a sanctuary? That does not bless the Lord. I don't care if it was the 70s. Break it in the name of the Lord. Yeah. So <laughs> my grandparents had shag carpet in their house and it was just like, 
is good if you were picking your nose, but that's about it. You just hide anything <laughs> there. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> but and so they're worried about their shag carpet. And so it's a true story. Like uh, Greg Laurie shares where Chuck Smith sat at the door and washed their feet. And it's like, you saw Chuck doing the same thing that the Lord did, mm. but it drove you away. It didn't draw you closer to Should the Lord. Telltale sign. That was a, that's a telltale sign at that point. And I did love that part in the movie. Uh, I wonder how true to reality it was where a couple of people walked out, but one old man stands up and he's like, Nope. And he sits with the hippies. Yep. He says, now we can be. Because you think he's going to walk out. Yeah. He gets yeah. up with everybody and he yeah. goes over and switches sides. It's and I just pray like, you know, I look at I look at those two parties. Would I be the one that walks out or would I be the one to go sit with the hippies? And we all want to say, I want to be the sit with the hippies. To be honest, I pray that the Lord would give us a, an opportunity to be the Chuck Smith. Mm. That we would we would lay down our preferences for others to come to the Lord. And if it takes me ticking people off, it takes me laying down my preferences and how I always thought church needed to be done yeah. in order for a, a massive group of people to come to faith in Jesus and to feel a part of a family of faith and to yeah. grow, who would, who would later become, and again, I will all hold to this, I think some of the best Bible teachers are in the Calvary Chapel movement. Mm -hmm. you know, so, but they were the surfing hippies doing drugs and here the they beach. are now, yep. 10, 20, 30 years later, they're the best Bible teachers that I think that the church, capital C, have. It's like, am I willing to do that? Yeah. But you got to think, Chuck didn't do it for those reasons. He did it because, I, and I love the line in the movie, at least, they're a sheep without a shepherd. He had a compassion for people yeah. that were far away, that they were searching for something, and he provided a home in the church. And yeah. it's like, are we willing to do that? Because that's why the topic of preference is so vital for in the churches, because we could very well be quenching a work of the Spirit by our own preferences. Mm, that's so good. And we have to understand that, and we have to be able to see that. And sad. And sad. Because, like, think about how many moves of God there could have been yep. where maybe the Jesus movement of the 70s was like, oh, yeah, yeah that was that was cool. But did you hear about this or yep. did you hear about that? And it's like you didn't hear about those because we quenched the spirit instead because we liked how we were doing things and we didn't like how God wanted to do a new thing. My mind always goes to when, when I hear that, you know, I just wish revival would break out again. I wish, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, what if revival could have on multiple fronts broken yeah. out? But we, like you said, we chose to stay stuck in our ways yeah. because that's what we've always done or yeah. that's not how ministry is supposed to look or God can't really love those people, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Like how many times could we relive that over, yeah. could have lived that through, but we have it because we've, we've quenched the spirit. Yeah. And so in, in that sermon, which was just a very unique way to do that. Um, and I thought it was a good way, like, cause the pastoral staff was away at training, um, at a conference. And I thought that was a really good way to, to keep the normalcy of church moving forward. They still heard from their pastor and it even kind of, uh, validated the online presence yep. of, oh, we're watching them on the screen. Yep. Um, so they were talking about mission and method, where the mission stays the same, but the method will be different. Mm -hmm. The worship of God is the mission of our lives. The method The method change, change absolutely. Yep. And I even say it here, which used to uh, make one former staff person roll their eyes, where it's like, you want to marry the mission. And date the model. Date the model. And when the model's ugly, 
just go get you a better looking model. You know, when she lets herself go and the natural things of life take over and it's just, you know, if that offends gl- you, go back and listen to the last two seasons. <laughs> the glory of the days of the Cardinals hit. You just go find a better model. I'm about to reach down and mute your mic. Yeah, and then the in the beautiful thing, there was a line uh, he said it in the sermon, and I was like, oof. And Ashley, my wife, leaned over and she goes, "You gonna write that down?" I said, "I am." She knew. She knew. So we're walking through all of this, preference laying it down, reaching these lost hippies, and the line said, uh, "It's God's job to save people." And this was right at the scene where he's washing feet. It's God's job to save people. It's our job to serve people. Mm. And I thought, goodness, why is that so good? And it's, and here's the hard part with it. It really is just that simple. We make it complicated. We make it so complicated. Yep. So you got something pulled up. What you got here? I found that post. I oh, had okay. My wife nice, send it to nice, me. Nice, nice, nice. So is it worshiping Jesus or is it worshiping worship? Mm. If the singer leading, uh, if the singer's leading name is being promoted more than the name of Jesus, is worshiping worship and not Jesus? If the priority, I'm never introducing myself again. I'm just a peon with the Bible <laughs> and a <laughs> mic. Like, I'm just the guy up on the stage. Yeah. If the priority is to pack a room full of people and not the stewardship of those people, it's Ooh. worshiping worship and not Jesus. Ooh, stewardship is such a good word. That one got me. Yeah. That one got me. Because we, we think stewardship just in, uh, first thing finances. I think, it finances. Yep. The second would be how we do ministry, but to steward well. Because think about it, like, not that we're like numbers or everything, but we normally do an hour, 15-minute service, right? So that'd be like one and a quarter times how many people show up on a Sunday morning. Like, we're... We are responsible for 500 hours mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning of people's times. And are we stewarding? Like, did somebody walk in knowing this is where I need to be? Did mm-hmm. somebody walk out saying this is where I needed to be? Did we steward well their time? It's very. You know what I mean? Everything else, they can get more entertainment. They can get more anything else. They can go get more money, more girls, more whatever. Yeah. But they can't get more time. Did we steward their time mm-hmm. well? Or how many people walk away from church saying, should have stayed home, mowed the lawn. I should have just, I should have went to the game instead. Yeah. And, and is that in part not a priority issue on people of why they don't attend church? Yep. Is it a stewardship issue on the leadership of mm-hmm. why they don't want to attend? And we always, as leadership, tend to want to place on the people. Oh, yeah. their priorities messed up. It's like maybe it's not the people. Maybe the people are, yeah. They're how do I want to say that? They're they're showing what's being shown them. Like mm-hmm. they're we lead by example. Yeah, you know. Maybe we're we're feeding them something that tells them that they don't need that, to come yeah. every week. Yep. They don't. They don't really need this. We say it, but then we don't say it. You yeah. know. Exactly. What else you got over there? If the character of the singer is ignored because of the popularity of the singer. Don't say that. That one's hard. Say it again. (laughs) If the character of the singer is ignored because of the popularity of the singer. Competency will get you into the room, but character will keep you in the room. We talk about that in leadership all the time. Like, my competency got me the job. Yep. My character will keep me. Yep. And that is... Is there, is there not a movement within, and I'm going to broad brush it, and I hate doing that, within mega churches, where the character of not just the singer but of the pastor of the leader 
is ignored because they're so dynamic. They keep the room full. And they keep the room yep. full. Mm. And how many times have I looked at all of us, myself yep. included, and said, I will absolutely fire you. If, oh, we, yeah. if we step out of lines of character that is removable from our position. Yep. Like I, we, and I think I, I said something like that in, on Sunday, uh, on, on a Sunday. And one of the board members, I said like, hey, if I do that, you better fire me. And he said, noted. <laughs> I was like, hey. I remember that. I you just I be a little, right now. A little less like, like excited for that. Like, like, <laughs> that was like a like worst case scenario. You're acting it like there. it's going to be next Tuesday or something. <laughs> Say it one more time. Oh. The character. It, oh, hold on, dang it. Yeah, sorry. Up. Sorry. Uh, if the character of the singer, and let's even put it this way, if the character of the band, the character of the leader, the of the leader, yep. the pastor, the character of oh, let's just move. If the character is ignored because of the popularity of the sing of the person, mm. it is worshiping worship and not Jesus. And I think this is the one that Ashley yeah. posted. If we only engage in worship when it's our style of worship, it's worshiping worship, not Jesus. And that is called false religion. That's that's an idol. That is, call it, like get real crass about it. That's satanic. And we don't ever put it on those mm. terms. This one will kick you in the teeth. I'm ready. If the only time you sing in worship is on a stage, it's worshiping worship and not Jesus. Oh my! If goodness. the only time you sing in worship is when there's a stage it's worshiping worship and not jesus my wife challenged me in something similar to this yeah so we just started at calvary okay which the big shift a lot of people ask oh what's it like going from student ministry to senior pastor ministry when i was a student pastor i could sit under bible teaching every sunday i could sit Mm. in service every sunday i had other sit and teach i can't sit and teach and she said where are you just sitting Mm. And so there's a pastor I listen to every week yep. and that's, I go to church and I'm, and so when I think I've used this argument before, yep. when people want to push back on our online campus, be like, you know, your senior pastor, Gets that is the that way. only way that he is fed that way is because he sits on an online Unless campus. you want to pay me to be gone every Sunday to sit under yeah, teaching. Yeah. Like and so, you're going to have to pick, like yeah. pick one side. And so if the only time that I'm in service is if I'm preaching, Dang. Yeah, that's... And you don't think about it, but when you put it in those... Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, two more. Oh, there's two more. I love these. Keep going. If we gauge a worship set based off the response of a crowd, (laughs) it's worshiping worship and not Jesus. If we preach based on the response of a crowd... I didn't get enough attaboys. I didn't get enough... And even vice versa, not even the attaboys. Uh, I didn't get enough people ticked off. I didn't yep. get enough. To, like, like my goal was to tick off ten yeah. percent of the crowd. Like yeah. that's never the if goal. If you're if you're preaching for a response of people, good, bad, or ugly, you're not preaching. You're not worshiping. You're not you're not walking in obedience. That's so good. The last one. This was the kicker for me because this is this is my world. I'm loving these. If more time is spent in production than actual <laughs> prayer for changed oh, lives. I know. It's worshiping worship and not Jesus. Because I've said this before, like, because uh, that's always a, a pet peeve of mine when people want to run to, like, well, you don't need lights in a fog machine. And I'll be the first to admit, you don't. Yeah. But there are people like me who are, like, that is a way, that's no different than Dayton drumming. Yeah. Like, Dayton drums. But, so for me, I've always used the the lens of, like, 
for me, it's a heart thing. You know, what's the heart mm-hmm. and the intention behind it? So but weird. it was like, no, it goes even further yeah, than that. Like, sure. it is heart, but it's like, how much time am I, are we as leaders spending praying through the songs we pick, praying through the the way that we cue the lights and when whatever it is, the temperature, like whatever it is yeah. versus just. And it's, yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking through that. Okay. That's us as leadership that we lead in those things. I think about even our, our people in the church that maybe do struggle with preference and maybe articulate that. Are you praying for us as much as you're complaining about us? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what if you prayed for us more? Then you complained. Or, then you complained. Yeah. And it's not just verbal, like, to one another, but even in our mind. I, I wish they would have. Yeah. Why do they do this? I don't understand. And da, da, da. All right. I want to try to say the story, and I got to be, like, super anonymous. Sounds great. This is going to be difficult. Okay. So it's going to be, like, it's going to sound, like, almost mythical, but it's a true story. And I wanted to like save the innocent um, because I had this conversation similar to it. And it was like, that was a dagger to the heart for a person. So there was, there was a ministry event, and there was going to be a meal. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and there was kind of a a committee, which I hate that word. (laughs) Hate the word committee. If I can remember my line for it, a committee is asking a bunch of unwilling people, a bunch of unwilling people asking the underqualified to do the unnecessary. That's that's the definition of committee. Right on. There you go. Right. So we the unwilling to ask the unqualified to do the unnecessary. So there is a committee of people that are planning what this dinner will be like, and there are, and and you have to talk about details. Yeah, you yeah. have to. You know. You can't just shotgun it or show up and. Yeah, yeah. There there was a there was a conversation about the placement of ice cubes for this event. Okay. Do we do we want people to roll up and it's already in the glass and it's ready to go for them, or do we want to put like a bowl of it next to the drinks? Uh, multiple people in this committee spent an hour discussing back and forth what would be the best. I'm already frustrated, but okay. And and so I was talking to a person and I said, um, uh, "Can I?" I think I asked for permission. I said, "Can I say something really hard?" I said, "You guys spent more time talking about ice." And you spent praying for the event. Jeez, that's that's when we know that we need to be on guard. Yeah, that's not even a warning sign. That's just that's ev- everything's going off at that point. Yeah, it, it, but it was a good reminder for me. Like that was a teaching moment for me. Where have I done that? Yeah, just replace ice for anything else. You know, like in. Uh, we we so one thing we 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 you know, over here French we talk about transitions a lot. Yeah, we hate awkward transitions. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah, we hate awkward transitions, and no matter you what, you can we ruin do, an entire moment yep. and an entire service with a bad transition. Yeah, and even at that moment, even in that, we would say a good transition keeps the moment, but does it really? Is that I pre- still stand on is you. It, is it a preference for us that we even do that, that the awkward, you know? No, not in the slightest. <laughs> Here we go. Now we're challenging Duran's world and <laughs> frame, you know. But we, we, we talk about transitions. We um, Things that we think about that we we have to have some kind of on-ramp and systems, but, like, how do we complicate it too much? And it's all of those things. Are yeah. we? 
you know, we spend a lot of time thinking through that, but then also it challenges me. But are we, you know, we can build a most beautiful on-ramp road for people. Yes, we can. But are we praying for people to take it? We can do both. <laughs> <laughs> but are we doing both? You know, it's like. Don't ask that question because <laughs> we have to answer it. <laughs> no, we have to answer it. Leave it ambiguous. Right, exactly. Oh, so that's good. It, it, and so. W- We've pointed out a few things. We've revealed a few things, even in us and how we struggle. But honestly, it's every one of us yeah. that has that. You know, so we might hear the ice story and be like, see, that's why I hate church. And it's like, shut up. That's why we hate you, because you do the same thing, but it's just not ice. But actually, we don't hate you. We love you. And you're a part of the church. and You're part of the broken. Come with us. <laughs> but we all have that, right? It's like we're so quick to, like, point out. Like, it's almost as if Jesus said something like this. We love to point out the speck in somebody else's eye. But we're so blind for the log in our own eye. Hmm. I feel like I've read that in, in a they book They should somewhere. write that down. Not that that's original. Like a couple thousand years old or something. <laughs> Would we call it a work of antiquity? Yeah, there we go. Let's, but, I mean, that's, that's honestly what it comes down to. We'll hear stories like that, and we get so frustrated with the church, and it's like... Where do you do that? Yeah. You know, that's just one. I could sit here for days and talk about those type of things that give, per se, the church a bad name to the world around us. And it's just like, if anything, it shows that we're idiots and we're so broken and we yeah. miss it so many times. And that's where we need community. I mean, how many times that you think you have a good idea and I'm like, you're on that. We're not doing that. Or vice versa. I'll be like, guys, you know, all we, the time I, I'll roll in with the most beautiful one. I mean, that would start a revival. And in I the in lake for the I'm Lord. Like, and I'll come in and I'll be like, guys, this is what we should do. And the staff are like, Nick, we're not going to do that because A, B, C, D. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're like, <laughs> so we, we all are at fault in it. And I think that's the key. When we talk through these things, we're not trying to use, like we've said about the word of God, we're not using it as a binocular to look at other people's lives. But we need to look at even these failures of other people. Learn from their dumb tax. Learn from where we know, hey, that is not the fullness that God has for us. Use it as a mirror to look at our own lives and say, okay, it's not ice, but what is it with me? Mm-hmm. You know, okay, it's not the preference of worship, but where is the preference at yeah. then? Where am I elevating something that's just too high? Yeah. And where am I lowering Christ on the throne of my life? Like, we, we all have that. Now, it might not be in a style of worship. Praise the Lord for you, but I bet it's something. You're an overachiever. It's okay. Yeah. But you have something. Or like a perfectionist, you know, somebody that has to have it all perfect. And if it's not perfect, he would rather do nothing than something that's not perfect. But perfection is impossible to achieve, so end up doing nothing. I'm I'm not talking about anybody. I'm a recovering perfectionist. (laughs) Uh, High achiever. Recovering is currently acting. It is not past tense. Present. I am a recovered perfectionist. (laughs) Liar. That works out of a place (laughs) of... um, Excellence. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a T-shirt right there. We need to write that one up. So, uh, Revelation five, getting ready for the seven seals next week. We're gonna light it up. Last thing. This is yeah. I, I didn't even make this connection. Oh, okay. Until the podcast. Let's go. So, four and five were in the throne room. In the throne room. We're introduced. Um, to the throne mm-hmm. in the throne room. And at the tail end, we're introduced to the one who sits on the throne. Amen. And then we pick up in five to the one who sits on the throne yep. to the scroll mm-hmm. and why the scroll is important and the one who's worthy to break the seals, which we'll dive into that next yep. week. And then including 411, 
and then the last half of five, mm-hmm. it's worship and song, chant, whatever form yep. um, about the one who is worthy. Ooh. And so as, as we've been talking, the thing that clicked for me is, and you kind of mentioned this, the lens in which we view the one who is worthy gives us a true lens for what's about to happen in the next four chapters. Yeah. Because the preference and the opinions that we're going to want to run to is how could a good God, how could a loving God do that to his creation? Oh, yeah. And when we, and I said this, I think I said it in all the services, when we take scripture out of context, Mm -hmm. specifically Revelation, and we read culture, into the book of Revelation, then what we do is we have a book of doom and gloom and we run around and say, that, that, and that, we're in the end times. Yep. We've been in the end times since Jesus ascended. Yeah, there hasn't been a generation (laughs) that doesn't think Adam and Eve sinned and the end times began. Yeah. And it's just been a clock that's been counting down to some point. Yeah, it's going to come to it. It was in the Old Testament, it's pointing up to... You know the Messiah yep. and the cross, and there was it was obscure because it was like, how can he be a lion and a lamb? How can he, you know? And that's why even Jews today struggle with Jesus because of the prophecy given the Old Testament, different things like that. So it's pointing up to that culmination, and now as the New Testament church, we're pointing to the return and and all of this. And so it's yeah, it, ever since then, like it, God was going to bring about the fullness of yeah. His will for human history and and every generation is like we want it in our generation yeah. and it's like but it's in god's time and when you when you and i can't believe i said this but i did yeah um i still have a job so um, i said prostitute twice <laughs> you did in the podcast so uh when when you get your butt off the throne of god because yeah. you make a terrible god mm, when so you bad. move yourself out of the throne and you place the one who's worthy on the throne then when we come to chapters six, seven, eight, nine, and as things get even crazier, you don't get, nor do you have a right to say, how could? Yeah. Because you're not God and you're not worthy. Yeah. The one who is worthy gets to make those decisions. Yeah. You and I don't. I, I think if we saw God in his fullness. We would die. We would die. I think if we saw God in, in his fullness, we would struggle with how could he, being so righteous, so holy, so pure, long suffer mm. and allow this to go on so long. Like, that's what we would struggle with. Like, why didn't you, at the moment that Adam and Eve sinned, why didn't you just evaporate? Why yeah. Why did, why did you not... When, when Moses would say, no, be true to your covenant, which there's a whole nother thing there, but why didn't you start over there with Moses? Why did like, why were you so gracious and patience? We, we wouldn't struggle with God's righteousness. We would actually struggle more with his grace and mm-hmm. his mercy. If we understood his holiness and his righteousness, we wouldn't struggle with the wrath. We would struggle with his grace through it. Mm. That's, that's honestly the, 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 the biggest struggle that we have. Um, but again, we, we don't look at it in the correct frame, like you're saying. So that's so good. 
Revelation, the book of hope. See, look yeah, at you. Yeah, hopeful. Just wait till next week. It's getting real cray cray. Go ahead and read ahead. Go ahead. You'll and read. love yeah. it. Yeah, You'll if you it. haven't read, go ahead and read six. Get read, real confused. Right before you go to bed when the house is really dark, just read that. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> you could. Don't do it. Don't do it. it would be Don't fine. do it. It's real It'd bad. So, well, hey, thanks for uh, for tuning in. Thanks for joining. We'll be back next week to unpack the craziness that is chapter six. We're breaking open the seals. And so uh, we'll break that down next week. But uh, feel free, if you like the podcast, uh, share it on social media. Make sure you're subscribed wherever and however you get the podcast. And if you are if you think we're good-looking enough that you want to watch us on YouTube, which... YouTube. Go to the YouTube page. <laughs> check it out. It's a whole podcast playlist. Oh, you can go back and watch the last two seasons of the podcast. But we're going we're gonna to wrap it up for today, and then we're going to get out of here. So have a great week, everybody. Week.